Oh, oh crap. I just realized my air conditioner is on. Can you hear it? Is it- Oh, I can actually. Okay, I'm going to go turn yeah. it off. Sorry. Okay, that's fine. Oops. Oopsie poopsie. <laughs> that's fine. I'll just sit here and drink my beer. Welcome to Stargazing, a Stargate gazing podcast. I'm your host, Kathy. And I'm your other host, Mary. And each week we discuss an episode of Stargate beginning with Stargate SG-1. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm okay. How are you? I am good. Good. You enjoying your day? I am. It's been mostly lazy, which has been nice. Excellent. Well, not that lazy. I did walk on the treadmill for a while while I watched the episode. Nice. And I did some editing of this week's episode. Cool. You yeah. have been way more productive than I have. <laughs> well, you were up until like 4 a.m., so. I stayed up later than that. I was like, well, if I'm up this late, I might as well just <laughs> stay awake. And that did not work. You are crazy. It was dumb. I was, you yeah. know, <laughs> playing Stardew Valley. And, yeah. Gotta know, do the do. Exactly. It's important. It's important work. Yes. Who else is going to run that farm if it's not you? Nobody. It's just going right? to sit there. Exactly. So and it's going to grow weeds and it's going to just be a mess yeah. and all the cows are going to go unpet. That would be tragic. And right. No one's going to gather all the dinosaur eggs. No. And finally I have a blue chicken. Excellent. Yeah. That's always very exciting. Yeah. It took me forever to get a blue chicken and I was so excited when I finally managed I know, it. Oh, right? Woo! Yeah. Good times. Good, good, good times. times. I'm sleepy. I try to wake myself up. I was going to take a nap. I was going to take a nap, but then we ended up watching Independence Day. Oh, you can't sleep through that. No. And then we watched the second one. Although we didn't actually oh. make it all the way through the second one because I had to come and record. Do you like the second one? Eh. <laughs> I like the first one. <laughs> Me too. I slept through it the first time we watched the second one. So I really can't say yet whether I like it or not. Okay. But it, seems not great yeah i uh i don't think you missed anything but. yeah i mean not that the first one's that great either but i still love it anyway no but it's got like it's fun and it yeah. felt like the second one wasn't any fun it is a bit of a slog yeah i would say yeah yeah <laughs> yeah but you know it's got jeff goldblum in it so there's that there is that indeed. i do love him yeah yeah should we talk about the episode so you can go watch your the rest of your movie? I was going to say, you know what doesn't have Jeff Goldblum in it? <laughs> this episode. No, it does not. It does not. No, it has the that guy, you know. He's a literal that guy. He's in, like, everything. Yeah, I don't even know what else I've seen him in, so. He's been in X-Files. I actually looked it up. He's been in X-Files. He has been in quantum leap he has been in a whole bunch of stuff where ah. my imdb go apparently i closed it out he's been in like a bunch of sci-fi stuff but then also like a bunch of other random stuff too he's right. been in a whole lot of different things so i'm sure i've seen him before yes yes surely so other than having already watched this episode before right. yes <laughs> although i didn't remember parts of it so it was good for some reason, I thought of this as being an X-Files episode. So in my head, I was thinking that it should have been Mulder and Scully with this dude. Do you think I'm spooky? Instead of <laughs> SG-1. But it wasn't. So I don't know why yeah. I was thinking. Anyway. anyway, what is this episode? <laughs> this episode is Stargate SG-1 Season 4, Episode 
11, point Ooh. of no return. I don't know why I said it like that, <laughs> but I did. Why not? I don't know. That's true. Why not? Yeah. The team has been gathered in the briefing room. Yes. I liked the look of this episode a lot. I will say yeah. like, so the start of this actually is Sam pouring water into a glass, but you're looking mm-hmm. up at it through like the glass tabletop and the glass itself. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. But anyway, they're all there. They don't know why they're there. I like Sam's new shorter haircut. Do you? Yeah. I do. She had it in the last episode too, but you know, she yeah. was a dirty hot mess. So <laughs> <laughs> fair. Yes, she was. <laughs> it looked better in this one when she was clean and put together. True. <laughs> they all have better things to do with their time. So they hope that this meeting is worthwhile. Such nerdy things to be doing with their time, too. They're talking about their various research projects that they're like, ah, need to recalibrate that thing. (laughs) Except for Tilk, who's like, I was unable to complete Kelnorim, which probably important. Yeah. (laughs) Which we learned last episode he has to do every day, which I hadn't realized. Yeah, I don't think I realized it was every day. I mean, I knew that he had to do it to stay alive, but I didn't think it was a daily thing. Yeah. But apparently so. Jack's like, uh, I was just about to do something important. <laughs> Hammond comes in and reports to them that they got a phone call of interest. And he plays a tape of this dude who wants to talk to Jack O'Neill and anyone else who's listening in. He goes on a long, long spiel about all the conspiracy theories and cover-ups that he knows about. And apparently it's so long that Hammond twice, three (laughs) times, has to fast-forward the tape because he just keeps going on and on. CIA-sanctioned microwave something, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Roswell, blah, blah, blah. Finally, he gets to the point (laughs) that he knows about the Stargate specifically about the Stargate. He knows it was discovered in Egypt and is in Cheyenne Mountain. He wants to meet with Jack about this alone in Montana. Hammond orders them to go find out what the fuck is going on. You know how I could have segued into this episode is by the fact that they're in Cheyenne Mountain and Cheyenne Mountain got destroyed in the second Independence Day episode. Oh. <laughs> second Independence Day movie. But I only just thought of that right now. Alas. <laughs> so start the whole episode over again, oh, please. Okay, sure, sure. <laughs> no problem. Thanks. Okay, so we're we're looking up through a glass table. Sam's pouring some water, blah blah Sam's blah. Sam's got blah. cute hair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there's credits. And then after the credits. Jack is waiting at a restaurant. A waitress walks by with some distractingly blue eyeshadow. A very 80s look, even though this was not even the 80s anymore when this was being filmed. Nope. I don't know if we're in 2000 yet, but I probably pretty close. I think we are, yeah. yeah. A man comes. How would we describe him? Kind of shortish, smallish. Bald. He's got kind of like a hunched yeah. figure. Like he's trying to like just not take up space. Quite bald. Yeah. Glasses. Yeah. With glasses. Comes up to Jack and... Says that he is late because he thought he was being followed, but he thinks it's safe. Jack compliments him on being professional and in losing whoever it was that was following him. (laughs) Obviously, he's being facetious. The guy says that Jack can call him Martin. Jack wants to know what this is all about. Before he's going to say anything, though, Martin stands up and does a little 
scan with a pocket device that beeps and says he's checking Jack for transmitters. Jack plays along and stands up and turnarounds, but does not look very happy that this is happening. When Martin is satisfied that he has no transmitters, they start talking. And then we get the funny view of Teal'c hiding in the kitchen because Jack might not have a transmitter on him, but the team's still got his back. Teal'c is dressed as a chef, so he's got a chef's hat on for our hat watch. Hell yeah. Outside, we also find out that Sam and Daniel are in a surveillance van keeping an eye on things and listening in on what's happening in the restaurant. She's also trying to do some computering to find out if there's any more information that she can find about their new friend, Martin. Daniel, on the other hand, is just contributing by saying, shouldn't we have donuts or something? (laughs) So he's being very helpful. Yes. Yes, he is. In the restaurant, Martin is again explaining what he knows about the Stargate. Jack is playing that one ignorant he's like sounds like a good idea for a tv show if you're into that <laughs> yeah we are <laughs> sure are <laughs> jack then admits to a top secret project called stargate that has to do with magnets he says <laughs> martin's not buying this because <laughs> jack is not being serious at all with this because no, he's not just, very convinced like who is this idiot Right. Yeah, he clearly doesn't take Martin seriously, <laughs> yeah. so Martin is not convinced. Martin tells Jack that he needs to go through the Stargate. Jack then immediately gives him the nickname Marty, which he will do for the rest of the episode. <sighs> Instead of calling him Martin. <laughs> of course. The reason he needs to go through the Stargate is because he does not belong on Earth. He doesn't belong on Earth because, in fact... He's from outer space, he says. <gasps> what? I know. Jack's like, uh, time to go. Check, please. <laughs> so they're going to go do something. Yeah. I think he was just planning to give up on the whole thing. Oh, that's right. That's was my right. impression. Yes, you're absolutely yeah. right. Because then, then we get yeah. go to Daniel and Sam. Okay. and Yeah. Yeah. Outside in the surveillance van, though. Sam has got something. She finds a picture of a guy called Martin Lloyd. Looks like the guy that is currently inside. He's got a criminal record and was arrested for protesting outside of a TV station for some subliminal advertising that was controlling his thoughts. So he claimed. Daniel wants to know if she can get an address for him, a home address for him. And apparently she's got all kinds of information for him, including his prescription of his glasses, if Daniel really wants helpful yeah yeah inside marty martin whatever you want to call him seems pretty insulted that jack doesn't believe him but he says believe me that thousands of years ago our people were taken from earth with some sort of an experiment and they were enslaved by a master race and the entire civilization is up there descending from the original humans and Jack says that's just crazy talk, but you would think that he might be listening up a little bit more at this point, since that is the literal storyline for, like, every alien race, just about every alien race that they've encountered so far, is that they were abducted by the Gould and transplanted somewhere else to be slaves. But Jack's not putting it together. (laughs) No. He's got extremely specific information. Yeah. (laughs) 
Exactly. The waitress comes back with Jack's bill. They continue talking as Jack picks up the bill and notices that in addition to the cherry pie and coffee that he ordered, it also says, we've got his address, stall him. So when Martin offers to take Jack to see his spaceship, Jack really wanted out of this whole thing, but instead he agrees to go with Martin to keep him distracted. They take a nice little hike into the woods. Martin's not exactly sure. He says he's sure where it is, but he's not. Right. He <laughs> yeah. literally says, I know exactly where it is, but then he yeah. doesn't. <laughs> so they take a little hike. That's basically that scene. Yeah. Next scene is at Martin's house. Sam, Daniel, and Tilk pull up to a house in all step out of a car. Sam's going with like the full-on Canadian tuxedo when somebody is wearing a denim jacket and jeans, especially when they are the exact same shade of denim, which is what Sam's got on here. I've never heard that. No? No. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. That is that is what some people call it. Interesting. I think it's funny. It is pretty funny. Teal has on a bucket hat now, so we get a twofer for our Teal Cat watch in this one. Yes, we do. Yeah. And Daniel's just got on, I don't know, whatever other cities. Yeah. Yeah. Sam picks the lock. They let themselves inside. And the entire living room is mostly dark, but it's got a lot of glow in the dark stuff. It's all just full of alien paraphernalia and memorabilia of varying types. And they have a look around. There's kind of a not quite life-size, but almost life-sized alien statue that looks exactly like Thor. Sam says, oh, that looks familiar. <laughs> I am Thor, son of Odin. And as long as there is life in my breast, I am running out of things to say. Tilk picks up a ray gun and pushes the button. And when it just makes loud beeping noises, <laughs> he says that it would appear this is ineffective. ineffective. <laughs> In the kitchen, Daniel finds a whole bunch of medication. Sam says that they are tranquilizers, antidepressants, antipsychotic. Looks like their friend is being treated for a number of different psychiatric problems. And Daniel's like, yeah, why doesn't that surprise me? And I was thinking, fuck right off. Because it's BS like that, condescending garbage like that, that contributes to the stigma that keeps people from seeking proper mental health treatment. And yes, to be fair, there is a long history of people being over-medicated. But still, we don't need to propagate it by making fun of people who are on psychiatric medications right. in TV and movies. So Right on. I will step off my soapbox now. It's a good place to be. Thank you. I like my soapbox. Yeah. I bring it with me everywhere just so I can get on it at a moment's notice. Excellent. Yeah. Jack and Martin continue their hiking. Apparently, it's been half an hour. Jack's complaining because the whole half an hour is a waste of his time. Yeah. <laughs> So long. Maybe he just hates exercise. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Although he can do t- 10 miles multiple times in a day. So true. I guess that's not really the issue for him. Maybe this was his rest day. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Martin is like, I don't know where it is. It should be somewhere around here. Jack asks, how do you lose a spaceship? <laughs> and Martin's like, well, I don't really have a good memory. I get confused. It might be my medication. Jack's like, I've had enough of this. I'm going to go back to the car. You're not an alien. There's no spaceship. Let's go. So they head back to the car. 
Back in Martin's house, they're still looking around. Daniel's found a diary where he just talks about a bunch of weird stuff like people going through his garbage. He thinks it's the CIA. His comb is missing. He has to buy a new comb. As they continue to walk around, the camera pans back over to the alien statue and zooms in really closely on one of the eyes. And we see inside of that eye, there's a camera. Oh, no. The next scene is in a warehouse. There's a guy watching Sam on video, presumably through the camera that's in the alien's eye. A couple other guys come up and ask him what's going on, and he tells them that Martin's got some visitors. He points to the big guy and says, look what our thermo scan shows of him. And it is clearly not a thermal scan that he shows, but it is an image that shows Tilk's ribs with a hagfish sitting there in the middle of his stomach. And they determine that he's definitely not human. What? <laughs> In the SGC, Director Frazier comes to see General Hammond. She's got some test results on Martin's medication. And it turns out that there's apparently some extra unidentified chemicals in the drugs. That's probably not good. No. So she's like, I think they've been tampered with. Yikes. Who knows why? They don't. <laughs> Maybe the medications are causing the delusions, she thinks, or speculates. There we go. Yeah. And she also mentions the name of the psychiatrist is on the label, which, of course, <laughs> yes, the doctors that usually that works. are. <laughs> the prescribing, yes, the prescribing doctor is generally listed on the label. So Hammond's passing that information off to Jack. Except he doesn't actually pass that information off to Jack because Jack is still with Martin. So he gives that information to Sam and Daniel. The guy's name is Dr. Tanner. Am I the raddest, baddest dad a kid ever had? You were until you said that. So they go and talk to him for a little chat. He says that their phone call piqued his curiosity because he doesn't get a lot of requests for information from the military. They tell him that they're there for Martin Lloyd with some questions that are pertinent to national security. He tries to tell them that client-patient confidentiality there's not really a whole lot that he can do for them. But, again, national security. So that trumps HIPAA, which would have actually been in place at this point. But to put it mildly, he says that the best he can tell them is that Martin sometimes compensates for feelings of insignificance by creating some elaborate fantasies. It's common, relatively common in people. And those fantasies are generally harmless, although they might try to convince others of those conclusions or their illusions and then it can become a little problematic <sighs> next we're in a motel room i love this scene jack is humming <laughs> <laughs> while watching a movie on tv yep <laughs> i don't know why he's humming Nope. <laughs> and specifically the movie he's watching is The Day the Earth Stood Still. So I appreciated ah. that he was watching a movie about aliens. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I've actually seen that movie. I thought it was decent. Nice. We also, behind the humming, can hear some vibrations that then stop. <laughs> and Teal comes over and puts his hand out. Jack drops some <laughs> coins into it. And then he puts some money into the bed. So it continues to vibrate. <laughs> he looks so happy. He does. He lays down and he's like, yeah, yeah this he's is He's got life. the biggest grin. We hardly ever see Teal smile. Yeah. So the rare occasion when we do see it is just that much more delightful. <laughs> There's a knock at the door and Martin announces himself. 
and asks Jack if he's there. Before Jack opens the door for him, he gives Tilk his hat back so he can hide his gold tattoo. I like the flourish that he <laughs> used when he put it on his nice. head. He made a big showing of putting his hat on. Tilk is living his best life in this scene. He really is. (laughs) It's amazing. It really is. I loved it. Loved everything about this scene. (laughs) Martin comes in like, hey, cool. Oh, wait, who's this guy? Jack introduces him as his friend, Murray. And Jack lets Martin know he can be trusted. And Martin's like, cool, that's fine with me. Tilk smiles again and gives him a friendly wave and a nod. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) As he's continuing to live his best life over there on the bed. Martin lets Jack know he was able to find him because he saw a map of the Sleepright motel chain in his car and he checked every single one in town. (laughs) And Jack's like, there's two. Martin expresses surprise that Jack wouldn't have taken more precautions. And Jack's like, I'm not undercover. <laughs> then Martin's like, look at this, and holds up a toothpick. And Jack's like, yeah, it all makes sense now. It's an exciting toothpick. Yeah. But Martin explains that he propped it up against the inside of his door, and it had fallen when he got home, meaning someone was there. Jack was trying to figure out the logic of this because wouldn't you need to be able to get out of your house without knocking over the toothpick? And it turns out that Martin, of course, doesn't use his front door. He goes out through the window. <laughs> Duh. While this is happening, the bed stops again and Tilk re-ups. Yep. It's great. I just like <laughs> it. Is. It's so much. The point of Martin's spiel about how he lives his life is that uh, someone was in his house, someone's after me, and he's running out of time. He wants to go through the Stargate and go home. Back in Dr. Tanner's office, they're continuing to talk about how Martin seems to be delusional, but there are still some unanswered questions there. They want to know why Tanner's got Martin on so many medications. That's not really any of their business, but... no. Carter lists them off. There are some pretty heavy duty ones on there for things like for things like schizophrenia and bipolar disorder and a bunch of other things. And Dr. Tanner says, you know what, I don't have time to discuss the benefits of psychopharmacology. I actually was on his side for this, even yeah. though he turned out being a bad guy later anyway. <laughs> Although, yeah, to be fair, it does actually sound like he probably is over medicating Martin because a lot of these things kind of do the same thing that she had listed. Anyway, she says that they did find samples of his medications had been tampered with and contaminated, and he seems to be shocked, but also says that he just writes the prescriptions. He doesn't make the medications, so he can't necessarily be held accountable for that. And also says that this whole investigation that they are currently doing is only going to serve to fuel Martin's paranoia anyway, so he doesn't really know what else he can do for them. They want to know if he's got any other friends or relatives that they can try to contact. Dr. Tanner doesn't actually have anybody else that they can try to talk to you, but he does give them the work address that he has on file and says it's the best he can do. All right. Back in the motel room, Martin is kind of panicking. Yes. He's like, they're going to do tests. They're going to dissect me. Oh, my God. I can't go home. I'm never going to get to my home. And Jack's like, calm down. Relax, sit down. So he does. Jack asks him what makes him think 
his way home is through this Stargate. <laughs> and Martin's like, he gets flashes of things. He says he's not even sure why he wants to go. He just feels he has to. And then he's somebody there. And something more important mm. is there. Martin goes to take some medication. Jack tells him for a while he should just maybe not take them. And then Martin busts out, what about the symbols? <laughs> and Jack's like, what symbols? And then he takes out a piece of paper, which clearly has a gate address on it. Yeah. Why didn't he pull it? I don't know. Anyway, now he's bringing this up. It does seem like weird timing. Yeah. They seem to take more seriously than anything yeah. else. Yes, they do. Sam and Daniel follow up on the work address. They make their way to a warehouse. Looks to be the same warehouse that we saw before with the surveillance team in it. They walk in and are having a look around. Daniel says it looks like there's nobody there. And Sam turns around and says, except for the guys with guns. And I was wondering how they wouldn't have seen these two guys with guns when they first came in. Because there did not seem to be any hiding places in this mostly empty warehouse. That had some boxes stacked along the walls, but that was it. And they were, like, stacked close together so you couldn't hide behind them. Yeah, maybe they have some sort of invisibility technology Mm. or something. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Back in the motel room, Martin is complaining that just because he's from another planet, he doesn't have any rights, and that's not fair. Doesn't the Geneva Convention cover extraterrestrials? Jack is trying to get in touch with Sam and says that she's not answering her phone. Martin is continuing to get increasingly anxious that they're depriving him of his medication because they've actually taken it from him and won't let him have it. I get that they're trying to look out for his own good because they know it's laced with something, but at the same time, depriving him of his medication could have really bad side effects if he starts going into withdrawal. So not necessarily good (laughs) that they're doing this. Doc tells him to sit down, though. We want to talk about the symbols. Where did he see them? Martin says that he gets these visions, and he thinks it's because of the implant. But the implant doesn't show up on x-rays or anything, so he has no way of proving that he's got an implant. He just knows that it's there. They put it there. Tilk wants to know who they are, and he's like, you know, the secret government, the New World Order, black helicopters, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, good. So he's a Q person? (laughs) Cool. (laughs) Jack is fed up at this point. Understandably, (laughs) because why wouldn't you be fed up with a cute person? Martin is, again, insulted that they don't believe him. Jack, in his frustration, says that that's the conversation's going nowhere. So he's going to go have a look for Sam and Daniel and tells Tilk to keep an eye on Martin. He gives Tilk Martin's medication, but tells him not to give it to him. And then he leaves. In the warehouse, the guys with guns have tied Sam and Daniel to chairs and begin questioning them. Who are you? They ask. And Sam's like, who are you? And he's like, we're the guys (laughs) with the guns. (laughs) Daniel introduces himself, though, and Sam. And Sam says they're with the Air Force. But they can't tell him what they're doing there because it's classified. And then they start asking about Martin. And they're like, "Mm, we've never heard of him. And they're like, you were in his house. And Daniel's like, no, we weren't. <laughs> Which I really... Yeah, I thought it was great. Yeah. That was about it. <laughs> yeah, that was. Would you like to keep going? Sure. 
Jack goes to the psychiatrist's office, but there is no office there. Like, the building is there, and his name is on the window, but everything inside is gone. Yeah, that's weird. Like, he never existed. (laughs) Crazy. Back in the motel room, Teal'c is sitting on the bed reading a magazine. Martin is in the bathroom and sticks his head out and asks if he can come out. But Teal'c tells him no. <laughs> Jack comes back and tells Teal'c about the psychiatrist office and wants to know where Marty is. Teal'c says that he became insistent for his demands for medication. So Teal'c's taking care of the issue. Martin knocks on the door and talks to them through the door. And says that he's sorry he tried to bite Tilk, and that he realizes that that was wrong. But, you know, he's not feeling very good. He's starting to get dizzy. Can he maybe have his medication? Probably they should give him his medication, but they don't, and he passes out. Yeah. They hear the thump in the bathroom to know that, uh-oh, something's going on in there. They rush in. They're not too pleased to find that Martin is unconscious on the floor. That's bad. Tilk says, in hindsight, maybe we should have given him his medication. <laughs> Thank you, Tilk. They do get him to wake up eventually, though. Yeah. And you know what? He remembers where his ship is all of a sudden. No way. Yeah. Yeah. Elsewhere, the men continue to interrogate Sam and Daniel. He has the receipts about their break in. He opens up a laptop and shows them on the screen or at least shows Tilk anyway on the screen in the house and Daniel's like he's our associate and they're like yeah we know that we also know he's not from around here and Daniel's like not from Montana <laughs> I enjoyed Daniel a lot yeah. in this <laughs> I thought he was yeah. yeah I agree he was good in this but that's not what he meant no. <laughs> Out in the woods, Martin, Jack, and Teal'c are taking another hike around. They are looking for the spaceship again. Martin still seems to be a bit confused and is talking about how they should have turned left instead of right. So Teal'c and Jack are skeptical that there's a spaceship once again. But since Martin is the closest thing that they have to a lead of what might be going on with Sam and Daniel, they're going to keep following him anyway. They get to a clearing. Martin is convinced that this is the right clearing, so he's all excited and starts running off into the field and says to keep your eyes open and watch your step, and then he immediately falls over. (laughs) But it turns out that the thing he's fallen over is, in fact, a large metal object that looks a lot like a spaceship. He was so triumphant. Yes. But at the same time, there was one blade of grass balancing on his head. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't even notice that. Well, he's like, I knew it. Nice. I, just, I, I have no so idea how funny. I missed that. But that's pretty great. I also thought it was weird that the spaceship, once they moved the grass out of the way, which should have been totally obvious, because like it wasn't actually very buried. I don't understand why they couldn't see it before. But whatever. Jack has gotten to work quickly and has a bunch of people there studying the thing and... Also, obviously, securing the area, I'm sure. There's a dude at a computer who has been able to, with sonar, figure out the general size and shape. He shows them an image of it, essentially what he thinks it looks like. 
and it's approximately 16 feet long by 10 feet wide. Martin's like, that's too small. That's not my ship. This is not my beautiful house. And you may tell It's like, is there another one out there? <laughs> and Tilk's like, could it be an escape pod? And that triggers Martin's memory. Yes. We abandoned the ship and came down in the pod. And Jack's like, we? How many of, the- of you are there? But Martin does not remember that factoid. The guy at the computer says there can't be too many based on the size of the ship. Four or five total. And Martin's like, well, I always thought the government was watching me, but what if it was these other guys? Mm. But he doesn't know why they might be doing that. He assumes maybe they don't want to be exposed. And she looks like, well, if this is the case that there are these others, they might be responsible for what happened to Daniel and Sam. Ooh. Yeah. It's all coming together. <laughs> oh, yeah. All coming together. <laughs> Back in the warehouse, Sam and Daniel are still tied up, still being interrogated by the unnamed men. One of the guys, credited as Man 2 in my transcript... <laughs> says so you're telling me that this man is an ordinary technical sergeant and sam and daniel are like oh we wouldn't say he's ordinary he's very good at what he does (laughs) (laughs) so the guy wants to know what tilk does sam says he's a (laughs) speechwriter the guys show sam and daniel the picture of tilk symbiote (laughs) daniel says oh that's very good did you draw it yourself that's a that's a duck isn't it Another guy comes up and whispers something to the first guy that was already questioning them. He slams his laptop shut, and they all leave. But Daniel's like, cool, I'll just wait here. <laughs> At the spaceship site, Martin seems to be starting to, like, more and more bits of what he's remembering come out. Yeah. He now recalls that their home world was under attack, and they were sent out to find allies, but... They realized the humans of Earth were not advanced enough to help. <laughs> he describes the enemy as powerful and that they wanted to enslave them and be worshipped like gods. Teal'c looks at Jack. Jack gives him a nod and Teal'c's like, the gold, right? <laughs> and he's like, yes! Teal'c explains his history with them. And he takes off his hat to show his tattoo. And Martin's like, Murray, <laughs> which I really appreciate that he never knows Tilk's name. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was like, I expected at the right here for Tilk to be like, no, my name is Tilk. But that's not what happens. <laughs> no, no. A soldier comes up to let Jack know they are ready to try opening the ship. And Martin is like, actually, though you can't because there are remote sensors and they're going to know about it if you penetrated the hall. And Tilk's like, maybe we can use this to our advantage. (gasps) Back in the warehouse, Sam and Daniel are there alone talking about how these guys know what a symbiote is. But if they were actually an ID, then they would know that Tilk isn't a threat. So they're not an ID. They're some other branch of the government potentially the captor guys come back in with dr tanner Uh uh-oh dr tanner understands their reluctance to cooperate but he's running out of time and patience so he gets out a bunch of things that look ominous like some medications and like an extendable nightstick and 
looks like some painful painful yeah. torture might be about to happen but then we hear a beeping and one of the guys takes a device out of his pocket and says that their experiment's been discovered ah <laughs> what do they do Uh-oh. they're gonna go to the van <laughs> <laughs> but before they go to the van, Dr. Tanner injects Sam and Daniel with some stuff. Fun. Yeah. I was wondering why Dr. Tanner would have even given them the address for the warehouse to begin with. He could have sent them anywhere and they would have had no leads. Why would he send them to the warehouse where yeah. his other companions, whatever they are, were hiding? Made no sense. Yeah. My only guess is that in doing so, they were hoping that they might actually answer any of the questions they asked, and then they could find Martin and take care mm. of whatever with him. Yeah. That'd be my guess. Yeah. yeah. In the clearing where the spaceship lives, Martin is uh, <laughs> there hanging, just, just hanging out, talking into his coat. Like you yeah. do. Like like you do. Yeah. He's wired, obviously. <laughs> he's like this is a bad idea i don't want to be bait <laughs> but jack's like that's fair hang in there stop talking into your lapel <laughs> <laughs> he continues to complain but then the men from the warehouse and dr tanner all arrive tanner's like oh i'm disappointed you stopped taking your medication and martin's like you're not a psychiatrist i'm not crazy and look at our spaceship I want a spaceship. Yeah. Tanner's like, you've made a mess of things this time, dude. They take Martin and whisk him off to a van. And (laughs) Martin is talking into his coat again. (laughs) Nice van. What do you call that color? Kind of a grayish green, huh? (laughs) So he's trying to help. Yeah. In the most obvious. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Back in the surveillance van from earlier that Sam and Daniel were in, Jack and Teal'c are keeping an eye on things. They notice that the guys and Martin are moving. The implication is they're going to follow. Back in the other van, Martin is in the back with Dr. Tanner and says, well, you're going to drug me again, aren't you? Dr. Tanner says, obviously that didn't work, so he's going to have to take some more drastic measures. Martin rightfully worries that that means that they're going to kill him. But he's also concerned about Major Carter and Dr. Jackson and asks if they're going to kill all of them. It seems, again, that he's trying to kind of get more information for the benefit of Jack and Teal'c, who he knows would still be listening in on the conversation. Yeah. And Dr. Tanner's like, well, we're going to do what we have to do. Martin starts remembering things from his past at this point and realizes that they were all on the ship together. He didn't just crash on this planet alone he was with them and figures that they are the ones that are drugging him not the government he remembers that their people were at war and maybe they should try to get back to their people because their people might need them dr tanner says that he hates to see martin like that because martin was his best agent but martin has no idea what he's talking about he says he's not any kind of an agent And that Dr. Tanner must be just saying that because he thinks he's bugged. Dr. Tanner says, well, aren't you? And Martin says, of course not. We're all really aliens, right? Dr. Tanner doesn't really admit to any of the accusations that Martin is making against him. But he tells them that they have a Stargate. And that does seem to get the attention of the other guys in the back of the van with him. Yeah. Hmm. 
in the surveillance van, Jack surveils that they've stopped. <laughs> so they're going to follow them. They've got some other folks that show up as well. They're going to trap them in that warehouse. Jack and Teal head on in and find Sam and Daniel still tied to the chair and clearly drugged. Sim's kind of awake. Daniel starts to kind of wake up. Tilk goes to the van, which was driven right into the warehouse, and opens it up and finds just Martin in the back with some duct tape on his face. Tilk takes off the the tape and he's like, Murray, I'm so glad to see you. <laughs> Martin doesn't know where the other guys went. There's no sign of them inside or outside. Martin says he has evidence now that they're aliens and pulls out a device that the doctor, fake doctor, psychiatrist, Tanner, there we go. Yeah. Yep. Dropped into a bag. So Martin was able to snag that out of there during his ride. And he says that it's got multiple functions. See? Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. I like that this thing was designed, I'm sure, to look futuristic. (laughs) And from the time period, it actually would have seemed futuristic. But by today's standards, it's like really rudimentary. And it has a light up and color screen, but it's nothing compared to an iPhone or like an Android or a tablet or anything. So it looks like, like super old and simple compared to today's technology. But back then, before iPhones and Androids existed... This would have seemed like cool future tech. Yeah. <laughs> Martin pushes a button and it starts beeping and Martin recognizes it as a countdown. <laughs> so he's like, let's get out of here. There's a countdown. So they all run out of the warehouse and they all dramatically jump off the landing there and land on the ground <laughs> and cover themselves. And then nothing happens. <laughs> <laughs> Martin's like, that's weird. I'm sure this is a countdown or something. And then we get a cutaway to the clearing (laughs) where the spaceship blows up and (laughs) leaves a large crater where it was. I'm glad that none of the military guys who were there, like, researching it before were there when this happened. That's what I was thinking. I get that they needed to clear out of there to make Martin the bait, but I would assume they would have come back or put some people there to keep an eye on it. I would think that they would have gone back to continue doing research on the thing. Glad they didn't. Yeah. (laughs) Because that would have not been funny, but this was very funny. Yes. Agree. (laughs) (laughs) Very agree. After that, they're back at the SGC. They've brought Martin with him. They've given him some fatigues to change into. They are dialing out. Martin is very impressed by the gate. They lock Chevron 7 open and send a malp through. And then Martin finally remembers the rest of his backstory. He remembers that there was no malfunction on the ship. It was just a ruse. They abandoned their ship deliberately because they were losing their war and he and his friends were all deserters. And then when he realized that he was having regrets and wanted to go home, He tried to go home, but the others were all afraid, and so they started drugging him so that he couldn't ever go back. And he tells Jack that they're not bad guys, they're just hiding. The Melp sends information back through. It seems that it's safe enough to go through the other side. Hammond gives them a go. Martin's concerned about anybody that might continue to look for and find 
the other guys that he came to Earth with, but Jack doesn't think anyone's ever going to find them. But they go through the gate, even though Daniel warns Martin that he's not really going to like what they find on the other side. (laughs) On the other side, Martin says, yeah, you were right. (laughs) Because once they've come through the gate, what we're seeing is a city that is in total ruins. Everything is destroyed. There doesn't seem to be any signs of life. Jack tells Martin he's sorry. Martin asks, what now? And Jack tells him, we go home. End of episode. End of episode. Aw. Yeah. Did you like the episode, Kathy? So much. <laughs> it was just so much fun. All of the interactions between Martin and Teal'c and Jack were fantastic. And <laughs> Daniel and Sam, they just were so good. I just enjoyed watching them be terribly interrogated because they were not good at that no it's a lot of fun obviously a little bit of a sad ending but poor martin at least he gets to go back to earth and not hopefully be drugged up for no reason right so it was just it was really good that's all it was just a lot of fun to watch yeah Yeah. how about you yeah i for the most part i liked it i did have some mixed feelings about it because as i've already mentioned it's fairly obvious to everyone at this point i'm sure that i'm a big mental health advocate and so the derogatory parts about mental health and medication pissed me off. But as you said, so much of it, though, was just really funny. And I loved how, especially the hotel scene, as I mentioned, just how delighted Teal'c was with the vibrating <laughs> bed and his flourish with the hat. And he was just having, clearly Christopher Judge was having a bunch of fun in that scene. And I just loved how, loved how happy Teal'c was. The interactions, as you said, between Daniel and Sam and their captors were great. This was a particularly good Daniel episode. He was very funny yeah. and sarcastic and just being an ass, but in a very funny way. Yeah. I feel like I had something else that I had wanted to say, but now I don't remember what it was. So yeah, that's pretty much it. I, of course, also appreciated that I think this is our first episode where we get two teal cats for our teal cat watch. yeah i think so yeah so it just felt extra special because of that just yeah. just bonus bonus hat yeah yeah oh i know what i wanted to say too random thought yeah. i really liked the look of this episode mm-hmm. i really liked they did a lot of fun transitions i don't yeah. feel like we haven't commented that on those in a while right it was a pretty stylized episode yeah, and yeah they did make some unique choices with how they framed shots yeah. and stuff like that too i yeah. really liked to the very first scene when they're sitting there talking about all the things that they were doing and didn't hope their time wasn't being wasted i like the way the camera sort of pans around for them during that mm-hmm. and then again all the transitions where you're looking at a camera and then you start looking at on a monitor that displays what the camera is seeing and it was just mm-hmm. really good yeah yeah I also was wishing that we could go back to the days where a piece of cherry pie cost $2 and we couldn't see how much the coffee cost because (laughs) Jack's thumb was over it, but the entire total for the check was only like $2 and change. Oh man. Yeah. So the coffee was like negligible and I'm like, ah, if only. Yeah. Right. So what's next? Next, we are watching Stargate SG-1 season four, episode 12, Tangent. (laughs) <laughs> we never have those never ever nope <laughs> the netflix says a test of an experimental spacecraft adapted from two gold death gliders goes awry sending o'neill and teal'c hurtling out of earth's orbit that sounds bad oh guess they're gonna have to replace those guys <laughs> oh no but i like them <laughs> <laughs> let's see booklet what do you say the booklet says, when O'Neill and Tilk 
take an SGC modified gold glider out for a test flight. They lose control and are sucked deep into outer space by a gold tracking device. It is up to the rest of the team to figure out a way to rescue them before they run out of oxygen and life support and are lost in space forever! Exclamation point. So which is it? Are they sucked out of orbit or are they sent hurtling out of orbit? I feel like those are two very different things. They are. I guess we have to watch and see who's right. To me, one seems to indicate a force from one direction, whereas the other one indicates a force from the opposite direction. My guess is that this is a the start of the episode that Netflix likes to do their description of. Mm. Yeah. But it turns out they weren't just hurtling. They were actually pulled. That'd be my guess. I don't know. Yeah, that's a good guess. You're probably right. Anything else? Not really, but I was also thinking about... I had forgotten that Martin was a deserter. I forgot that was the reason. And I just... I was, yeah, me too. I was excited that I was surprised about something. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Oh, I remember what else oh. I had wanted to say before that I totally forgot Good. to say before. I appreciated that he was vindicated in the end. Everybody was scoffing at him, but it yeah. turned out he actually was right in his thoughts and feelings about not being like everybody else and being from somewhere else and being surveilled. Yeah. Yeah. I know that there are very many serious delusional disorders where people are paranoid like that. And that is the disorder, but still I appreciated in this episode that he was yeah. vindicated. Yeah. 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 Okay. Now I'm really done talking about it. I'm done too. <laughs> yeah. As always, thanks for listening. If you haven't already done so, make sure that you subscribe so that you can get our episodes as soon as they come out every Wednesday. Likes and reviews are greatly appreciated to help other people find the show, and word of mouth is great for that as well. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram. You can email us at stargatesing at gmail.com. You can find us on our website, which is stargatesing.space. And if you're feeling generous, you can help support the show so that we can keep this thing going by heading over to patreon.com slash stargatesing, where we have multiple tiers that you can sign up for. I'm Mary. I'm Kathy. And you've been listening to Stargatesing, the end. The end! Oh, and my neighbors are totally having a big ass party tomorrow. I can they like <laughs> they even have out like a table already. We all set up to put like huge trays of food on and Wow. Yeah, they're they're going all out. Are you gonna crash it? Probably not, because then I'd have to talk to people I don't know. No. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> what if you just went and sat in their pool? <laughs> <laughs> and if anybody tried to come over to talk to you, you could just be like, Can't talk floating. <laughs> yes. <laughs> can't talk floating <laughs> who the hell why is this random white lady in our pool less talky more sicky <laughs> go away <laughs> that'd be great yeah, yeah i think you should do it we'll see <laughs>